The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Well, a good Monday morning to you. 8.17 right now is the time, and you're listening to WGNS on the air since 1947. And joining us today, Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor here in town. Good morning, Dr. McCabe. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning to everybody out there. I hope everybody enjoyed the wonderful weather this weekend. Hasn't it been nice out there lately? It has. Um... It gives you time to finish up the things you need to do in the yard and start getting things ready for the holidays. Definitely, and it's hard to believe Thanksgiving is almost here after that Christmas. I mean, we we are there. The year has flown by. Yeah, right. It's only about 10 or 11 days to Thanksgiving. And the nice thing about Thanksgiving this year is it comes a week earlier than usual, so you get an extra week to get all those chores done for the holidays. Definitely so, and Christmas shopping is already underway, and uh, one of those gifts folks could buy is at your place, and uh, for men out there, for your significant other, you ought to stop by Dr. McCabe's office to get your wife maybe some Botox treatment if she's been talking about it. Uh, Just an idea. Well, yeah, you know, we have a full skin center there. And so we have everything from the take-home kits, which has the best vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, sun protectant, all those uh, good things that uh, help your skin look as rejuvenated as it can. And then as well, like you said, we have the chemical peels that are MD grade. We have Botox and fillers. We have the uh, intense pulse light treatments. If you've got some brown spots on your face, your neck, your hands, your chest, whatever it may be, or maybe you have acne rosacea. A lot of people have rosacea. It's those reddish cheeks, nose, chin that are due to surface capillaries. You'll see blood vessels in the skin right there. And the intense pulse light closes those off so that they're not seeing that much at all. It really saves them. And that's actually the best treatment for the skin symptoms of rosacea. So we have that as well as we have for wrinkles and skin tightening globally on the face and neck. Maybe it's women that need some uh, around the belly when you get a little pooching there. We're doing knees, arms, flappy arms, all those things with radio frequency microneedling with the Morpheus 8 unit, which is the best unit on the market. All of our prices, of course, are competitive, so that's a wonderful gift for that. And then there's also the gift of sight. Maybe someone you know needs a new pair of glasses. Maybe they haven't been to the doctor in a few years, and you know by driving with them or just watching what they do, they could certainly use an appointment to see the eye doctor. We're happy to provide all those things. And what's better than giving a gift that really shows you care? Absolutely. And uh, we already had a question. The minute I mentioned Botox, I guess, is what brought up the question. But the question was, 
are there any people out there who would not be good candidates for Botox? I guess they mean uh, maybe they have other underlying medical conditions or something. Well, basically, you have to know what each one treats. As I kind of went through there, as far as the unsightly blood vessels, or maybe it's the sunspots, the aging spots, Botox treats muscles of facial expression. So say when you smile or you frown or you make a mean face or you scowl, all those kind of facial expressions. Now, when you look in the mirror at yourself and you see all the wrinkles that you have when you're not smiling or frowning or making some expression like that, just your normal resting face, Botox does not treat those. So if you want to get rid of those, then you may have to use the radio frequency products or fillers, which do a great job. The fillers, we love to do that. And uh, so it's treating the correct problem with the correct treatment. So it's not that there's a contraindication to it. It's what will it work on and what will it not work on. Unfortunately, we have treatments for pretty much every issue that someone can have that they would like improved. That definitely is positive to hear Dr. Craig McCabe with us this morning. How does, you know, when you look at vision, somebody's vision and you see the results of the eye test and everything, how does their vision kind of progress, you know, from let's say those 20 year old era that the 20 year old era up to like 45 then 50 how does how quickly does it progress to where you need glasses if you've never had them before well that's that's a great question scott i don't think we've ever talked about that so basically if you pass your driver's test in the state of tennessee and you're not wearing any glasses and they did a great job checking your vision. That means that your uncorrected vision in the distance is 2040 or better. Now, what does that mean, 2040? You hear about these numbers and you're not sure what they mean. The bottom number, so the denominator, if you will, the 40, if you will, means what a normal person could stand back from the eye chart in the in a distance of feet, so 40 feet. That's what a normal person could read that line on the eye chart. And then the top number is yourself, how good your vision is in that eye. So if you were 2040, what I could see from 40 feet, Scott, you couldn't see till you walked up to be 20 feet away from the eye chart. <laughs> so that's what 2040 means. And we often refer to 2020 as really good vision. And it is because that's what a normal person could see. I could stand at 20 feet. You could stand at 20 feet. And we could both read those small letters. Now, let's say your vision's worse, 2050, 2060. That means I could stand at 60 feet. You would have to walk up to 20 feet to be able to read the same line on the chart. And that's obviously not good vision. And you would not pass the driver's vision test at the DMV. So hopefully that makes sense as far as how we measure vision and what those numbers mean. It, it does now, make a whole lot more sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, when you are 
let's say 2020 in the distance, that does not mean you're 2020 up close or near vision. And we all know as we get into our 40s, especially right about the age 45, our arms are not quite long enough to see things. We have to hold them further and further out as far as reading material, cell phones, tablets, what have you. Now, they help a little bit because they can make things extra bright and extra large. But as far as normal print and things, we have to hold them further out. And that's called presbyopia. Another word you probably haven't heard for. But that doesn't mean that you can't see up close. That means that due to your age, you can't see up close without bifocals or readers. So you can expect that when you hit your mid-40s. Now, if you hit it earlier, say your late 30s, that actually means that you do need distance glasses. You've just been eye straining all these years. And there are, you know, 10% of the population out there will say, yeah, it was giving me headaches. I get eye strain after I was on the computer for a while. All those symptoms. And that's because they're a little bit farsighted. Farsighted means you see better in the distance than you do up close. And those people need to go into bifocals or readers at an earlier age. And then conversely, people who are nearsighted or they see up close a little bit better than distance, they don't have to go into reading glasses till maybe they're 50. So having the correct distance vision will not only help you drive better, perform better, all those things, but it will also keep you on track for the right time when you actually need to have a pair of bifocals. And your eye doctor can easily figure these things out in just one visit. And, of course, bifocals don't look like the bifocals we remember as a kid. They have changed. You can't even tell they're bifocals. Yes, if you get the progressive lenses or the ones without the lines, they're actually not bifocals. They're actually trifocals. They have three different focal zones in them, one for distance, one for reading, and one for up close, and they're blended, so you can't see the line. Now, to everything, there's a pro and con and a yin and yang, right? Yeah. So the detriment of those lenses is that their side vision is relatively poor. People will tell you when they turn their eyes to the side and don't turn their head or their shoulders, then they're looking through the side of the lenses and the vision gets wavy or blurry. And this is a natural optical phenomenon when you try to blend those three optical zones without having a line. So if you have problems with your side vision, or maybe you are on the computer a lot, maybe you got two or even three monitors that you use at work. In that case, the no-line bifocals or trifocals may not be the best glasses for you. And I'll bet you there's a lot of people out there now that say, hey, that's me. And the reason is because you have to turn your head quite a bit throughout your workday to keep it in focus because those 
blended lenses only focus straight ahead, not to the side. Whereas if you got a lined bifocal or trifocal, your width of vision would be three times what it is with a progressive lens. So we often suggest to people that they get a pair of computer glasses or workstation glasses. They're not for driving the car. They're not for walking around in. They sit there at your desk area. And I say anybody that has two or more monitors or spends four or more hours sitting at the computer each day should seriously consider this. Definitely. And what will happen is we'll make you a pair of glasses custom made for you. I actually have you measure. And this is how OCD I am. But measure <laughs> from between your eyes to the center of your monitors. Take an average. Do that again a couple hours later when you're in your normal seating position. And then as well as where your keyboard is or where you hold your cell phone, whatever it may be, hard copies that you're working on. And then we'll make you a custom pair of computer glasses that is best for your workstation. And not only at the end of the day will your eyes be more comfortable, you'll be able to get more done because your eyes won't be bothering you. Again, so, I doctor vision glasses, those are a nice thing to think about if you don't have any and you're in that situation. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I doctor Craig McCabe with us this morning. We do have a text message a complex text message. It says here, I uh, recently was diagnosed with CRPS or complex regional pain syndrome, and it's in my left knee. And recently, more recently, I had an issue with my left eye. I went to an eye doctor in Franklin. They never heard of CRPS, and they just gave me medicine and eye drops for my eye irritation or problem. And the problem is still there, and it continues to press down on my eyeball because the eyelid is swollen, causing headaches. Could I possibly have CRPS in my eye as well now? Well, you know, anything's possible and never say never, although that is extremely uncommon in the eyes. And so I'll bet there's some other more common underlying problem that you're having with your eyes. And if you live anywhere close, just make an appointment with our office. And, you know, I'll bet we can probably figure it out and what's causing those issues. And this brings up another good point, Scott. If you're having a problem and it's not getting fixed, at least get a second opinion. And it doesn't matter whether it's your knee, your eyes, your back, your head, whatever it may be. If you've done the best with the doctor you've been going with, it's always a benefit to get a second opinion. And the doctor that you're going to should actually welcome it because, you know, really all we care about is that our patients get better and live a good quality of life. So, they should welcome it. They should maybe recommend it. They should maybe direct you to someone. Um, but if you go to another doctor and they check it out, maybe they find something that helps you. Great. That's a benefit. That was a good thing to do. Maybe they say, nope, the doctor you've been seeing has done 
exactly what I would have done. They're taking care of the problem as they should, and this is the best treatment for it. Stay with them. They're doing you a good service. Then you can feel more confident that you've done everything you could and you're currently on the right path. So I think it's always a good idea to get a second opinion when you're not getting better. And, and you know, I, I think this is one of the reasons why you should really try to go to a doctor in the Murfreesboro area if you live in the Murfreesboro area. Because if you have to go back and forth because of a problem, it's a lot easier if you're only going across town versus going to a, another nearby city. Right. I mean, how many people will tell you I love to go see my doctor in Nashville, <laughs> but the traffic is just getting too much. Now I dread it. I hate it. I hate just driving back from the doctor because the traffic so sad. And I know that because I've got uh, a doctor who specialist that I see at Vanderbilt. And I was actually referred there for a second opinion, just like I'm saying. And they did significantly help me out. I do appreciate it. And then when they get you better and you're doing well, then they send you back to so you don't have to make that drive and maybe they just see you every years or something like that uh, yeah that that would be a little bit easier we have another text question here it says i am a fairly new mom i have a one-year-old child and i'm curious when i need to get that child's eyes examined for the first time because i've not done so yet but of course she's only one Dr. McCabe, there. I I think we uh, lost him on the phone somehow. I'm not sure, uh, but that last question was, when should I first get my child's eyes examined? And we'll take a break on that note, and we will be right back. Time right now, eight thirty-five. Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor, on the air with us this morning. We'll figure out what's going on and get him back on the air. Dr. McCabe's office is at one twenty-two Heritage Park Drive, right here in Murfreesboro. Time right now, again, 8.35. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Life insurance. Why are you putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think you don't need it? There's lots of excuses for putting off life insurance. But if you weren't there, who would pay the mortgage and other bills? With Ethos, you could be covered in 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at checkethos.com. That's checkethos.com. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com radio to claim your free month. 
That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored there by There are many Angel. reasons people select Adam's Place. We went to see seven different places. And he asked his kids, Okay, where do you think we should go? And the kids said, Adam's Place. Why? The people looked active and they saw the pool, the only place that had a pool, and they had water aerobics. It turned out to be something I really, really enjoy. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Call Adams Place today, 615-904-9111. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Our guest today, Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor at 122 Heritage Park Drive. By the way, he has a newly designed website. Check it out for all the information, McCabeVisionCenter.com. Again, Dr. McCabe joining us live this morning. How are you? Hey, doing great. Yes, we've got the new website. Uh, Next week, we're going to have... Uh, a new electronic medical record system in the office will hopefully make us a little more efficient. And then the third thing is that I went to our national meeting out in San Francisco last weekend, uh, trying to keep myself updated on everything. You know, things move incredibly and increasingly faster in medicine, in science. And one of the things we're going to employ at my office starting in December is called the dropless cataract surgery, which is where patients that are getting the standard cataract surgery, not any uh, other additional procedures, but they'll be able to go through the process without the hassle of using drops all the time. And uh, there have been others that have started it before now, but there have been significant problems with it. Now they've got it worked out so that it's actually safer and better for the patient than using eye drops. So we're going to uh, employ that in our office starting in December. So the only thing constant is change as we all try to make things better as the weeks and years go by. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe, we have a uh, another question texted to us here, and it says, why do my well one of why do one of my eyes i'm sorry why do one of my eyelids twitch all the time and what can i do to make it stop okay so now we're in the differential diagnosis of eyelid twitching and the questions are is it just one eye or one eyelid does it happen all the time or does it last for a week or two and then stop and then it comes back maybe a couple months later. And so there's different differential diagnosis depending upon the symptoms. But if it's what I think it is, which is the most common form, again, we'll go with that. So they taught me in medical school, when you hear hoofbeats, think of horses and not zebras. So we'll think about the most common things. And most commonly for an involuntary, uncoordinated muscle spasm of the obicularis oculi muscle, that's the one that squeezes our eyes closed around our eyes, it's an issue called myokymia, M-Y-O-K-Y-M-I-A, which is a big word for what we just said, involuntary coordinated spasms of the eyelid. And the reason why it happens is from irritation. 
you know, if you get irritated muscles, you can get a back spasm. You can get a spasm wherever. So it's a spasm of the muscle around the eyes. And the things that cause that irritation are dryness, lack of sleep, and being under more stress than usual, or a combination of two or three of those. And I know this topic very well because I have myokymia. And when I was in med school and it was finals week, I wasn't getting sleep. I was in the library late at night reading, so my eyes were getting dry. And I was under a lot more stress than usual. And so I would get it. And you feel like you're... To me, it was my lower eyelid, but it would go like tick, 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 you know, no real pattern to it. And soon as I got some more sleep, you know, I'd, I'd use eye drops to keep them moist. And the final week was over, it would go away. So that's probably most common. Then after that, you can have things called blepharospasm which are spasms of the eyelids that do not get better unless you take a medicine. And for this, it's a Botox injection, which relaxes the muscle. Just like when you've got a sore back, you take muscle relaxants. Botox does the same thing just to specific muscles that are injected. We do that in our office every Thursday. And then another thing, it could be what's called hemifacial spasm which is where your eye and the lower face on that side will undergo spasms, and fewer people have that. But that one is also treated with Botox, but you need to first do a CT scan of the person's head on that side because they can have a little aneurysm or a little tumor near the eighth nerve, the eighth cranial nerve, which is responsible for healing, but also the nerves that control the obicularis muscle run by the same area. And so that's always done to rule it out. It only happens in 2% of people in this less common condition, but it's important to rule out. And so there's different reasons. And if you go see your ophthalmologist, uh, they should be able to figure out this for you and make it better, uh, hopefully without uh, much to do about it. it. It is wild how stress can cause so many problems on the human body. Oh, absolutely. You know, you get this uncontrolled and unneeded release of cortisol or adrenaline from your kidneys, as well as some other hormones. And they have significant effects on various tissues in our body, uh, as well as hyper-exciting nerve tissue so that it can make muscles contract where normally you would want them to be at rest. So, yes, and I'll tell you, stress, unless you're trying to get out of a fight-or-flight situation, is typically not good for much at all raises up your blood sugar, it uh, causes your heart rate, your pulse, and your blood pressure to be jacked up, which can cause problems. So all these kind of things. And, you know, 
someone famous once said, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a good question right here. Uh, This person says, I I never thought of it until you were on the air last month, and then I, I noticed on uh, the eye doctor sign that I go to, it says optometrist. And they said, what's the difference, though, between optometrist and ophthalmologist? Because, I, again, I never noticed it. So yeah, I guess so it, it's... Most people don't pronounce them correctly, know the difference, and then the worst thing is try to spell it correctly because they <laughs> always forget the H in ophthalmology. But uh, optometrists uh, go to optometry school for which we have one in tennessee here in memphis and they also uh prescribe glasses and contacts they do preliminary screening exams and then ophthalmologists uh, have an md after their name for medical doctor which means they've been through medical school and then an internship either in internal medicine or surgery and then they do an ophthalmology residency for more years. And then if you go see a retina or a cornea specialist or something like that, then they do an additional one or two years. Whew! It is so much uh, delayed gratification, uh, expensive education, and years of your life you spend training in schools and practicing so uh, people realize it's a minimum of 12 additional years after high school. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, crazy. We do more education for doctors in our country than any other country I know of. All the rest of them have a shorter timeline for getting through their education than we do here in the U.S. You know, I I guess that would explain why folks, uh, a lot of people from other countries, come here to uh, to learn medicine. Yeah, you know those Saudi princes and the ones that have all the money in the world, they uh, would uh, come here a lot. Now, unfortunately, they're starting to go to some other countries because our education system in this country is not doing as well as it did 20 years ago. Interesting. And, uh, somewhat sad. So now, because doctors get reimbursed less and less each year, our best and brightest students in school are choosing not to go into medicine and instead go into sports entertainment or something in business uh, where they make more money. Well, we have another question that uh, we announced right before our last break that we never got to. So let's get to that one. And the question was uh, about a mother, a fairly new mother of a one-year-old asking when they should first take their child to get the first eye exam. Right, right. So first of all, your neonatologist or um, pediatrician has done an eye exam on your child. And they're looking for the eyes either not focusing, not working together, being misaligned, that they have a good light reflex to their pupil. You know, your pupil constricts when it's in light. So they do that. And if they don't see anything, then typically you don't get your first eye exam until your kid is going into kindergarten or first grade. 
Now, let's say if you are uh, have a history, a family history, maybe you've had a lazy eye, maybe some other childhood eye disease problem, then you need to get your child evaluated by an ophthalmologist or even a pediatric ophthalmologist right away. And then they will determine the frequency with which you come back or you bring your child back. So no family history, nothing obviously wrong. Your child can pick up little bitty tiny things off the carpet, sees very well, good coordination like that, normal on their milestones, all those kind of things. Then uh, you can uh, wait that long, but if there is a family history of childhood eye disease, then your child should be evaluated right away. Uh, here's another question, uh, kind of child-related again. This one says, my uh, son's teacher told me that one of the children in the classroom had pink eye, and uh, so I was wondering how contagious is pink eye, especially in a classroom? So the answer there is OMG. <laughs> it's one of the most contagious things that we have, you know, and uh, it's it's spread or transferred from eye to hand to hand to eye. So somebody who has it, they're always rubbing their eyes because their eyes are tearing and irritated and uncomfortable. So they rub it. And then... What do they usually do? They rub their other eye. That's right. So then they cross-contaminate, and then the other eye gets it about five days later because the lag of viral infections is typically three to five days. So you don't even know you have it, but it's coming. And then if they shake hands or they're sharing pencils or the pencil sharpener or desktops or whatever that aren't being treated, with antivirals, hopefully they have procedures to do that now since we've been through COVID. But then it is spread again. And so it can be spread during this lag time when the child doesn't even have a red eye. And that's how viruses spread so quickly. That's one of their you know, uh, defense mechanisms, how they can stay alive. Because all a virus wants to do is infect some animal or some person and replicate and mutate so that it's harder for it to die from normal host immunological defense mechanisms. So that's all they want to do. And so they've evolved these ways where they can infect other animals or infect you without the person giving you the infection knowing it. But once they know it and it's diagnosed, that child should not be in school, in my opinion, because it's so highly contagious. It can run through the whole classroom and then through the whole school and the teachers get it. And believe me, if you've ever had pink eye, it's lousy <laughs> and you don't want to have it again. It and sounds uncomfortable. So that's the reason. Yeah, and it doesn't matter whether it's in the classroom, whether it's at work. Uh, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and the holidays, so you're going to be meeting people. And so I recommend that everybody gets their 
immunizations, uh, gets plenty of sleep, drinks plenty of fluid, takes their vitamin or vitamin C, tries to stay healthy through this, because this is the time when we huddle up indoors with people that we haven't been with for months, and they bring in their spectrum of viruses and bacteria, and what do we do? We go home, and a couple of days later, we got a cold. So this is the way it's spread, and everyone just needs to be a little extra careful, just like we said before, hand washing, try to keep a distance, and if you know you're sick, you know, don't give it to anyone else. Um, hey, for sure. Uh, here is an interesting question, and uh, we, we've never had this question before, but this person says, I have a friend who is legally blind, and they were not always blind, but they're only 45 years old. I'm curious if an eye transplant is something that could be done, and I, I've never even heard of an eye transplant. Is that possible? You know, they just did the first one. I don't know where it was at when they did a face transplant. Whoa, that's wild. In trauma and whatever, and they did the eye transplant, but the person can't see out of it. I don't think the eye will live. Every time that they've tried to do these things, they've failed. And that is for one reason. The brain and spinal cord are different from the nerves that innervate your limbs, your arms and your leg and your face and everywhere else on your body. Those are all called peripheral nerves and your brain and spinal cord are called central nerves or central nervous system. And that's the last great frontier of medicine because it does not regenerate. We cannot cure Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, any of these strokes, hemorrhages in the brain, all these kind of things that cause some central nervous system damage and you know what the retina and the eye is and the optic nerve it's all part of the brain so when that gets damaged we have not found a way yet to make it recover so this is the last great frontier of medicine and believe me there's people all over the world very smart people working on this and they figured out some of the reasons why it won't regenerate because there are these proteins expressed by the glia or the insulating cells in the brain and in the spinal cord and in the optic nerve. And in the gray matter, there's none of this white matter or the glia or the insulation. And we can make nerves regenerate. But once they hit the white matter, which is the insulated areas, those neurites stop and they stop growing. So we haven't figured that out yet, but people are working on it. And boy, as soon as they do, we're going to extend the average lifespan quite a bit. That's exciting. Yes. Here is a, uh, an, another question that I don't think we've had this one before either. And it talks about their uh, eyeglasses. And the question is, could I use my eyeglass prescription to buy contact lenses well you would think gosh it's my vision prescription it should work but if you're a physicist or you know your optics you'll know that the glasses sit a distance away from the eyeball where contacts sit and therefore they require a different prescription 
just like if you took your glasses and moved them four inches away from your face, things wouldn't be as clear because you need a less strong prescription because of the distance. This is called the vertex distance. It's all optics. But nope, you need a different prescription. Besides that, contacts fit on the surface of your eye. So they've got to have the right curvature. And the astigmatism correction, if you have astigmatism, is different on contacts than it is on glasses. So for these different reasons, it's not the same. It doesn't work. And by the way, if you get a prescription for pills or eye drops or glasses or anything that's a medical prescription in the state of Tennessee, it's only good for one year. So if your prescription's greater than one year, uh, it can't be filled either. I, I never knew that. Uh, here's another, actually another contact lens question asking, can I clean my contact lenses with a homemade solution? I, I guess they mean, well, I don't know what they mean. I guess home products that they make in order to try to clean their contact lenses with. Well, let's talk about that. <clears throat> so when I was, when we were growing up, Scott, believe it or not, people would take their contacts out, lick their fingers or spit on it, rub it around, stick it back in their eye. I, you know, I remember seeing that as a kid. I had a friend that did that. And now you just want to turn your face and make another disgusting face. Like, oh, my God, how could you do that? Because we know better, you know? Kind of like I used to ride around underneath the back windshield in the car. You know, no seat belts, you know, back there laying down, trying to take a nap in the sun like a cat. And uh, when you're a little kid, and oh, my God, now you'd be referred to the Department of Social Services, you know? <laughs> so things change, and we know better. And we know that uh, you have to use a sterile, buffered, isotonic, which means it is osmotically balanced solution to clean your contacts. Lots of people will throw some kind of pill into a pan of boiling water. And I would say, you know what? A bottle of contact lens solution is really pretty cheap for the volume you get. Just go out and get the sterile, preserved, isotonic, pH-balanced, buffered saline solution. And you can get it thimerosal-free so that uh, if you're sensitive to preservatives, you can get that as well. And you're just going to be much safer. And then remember to recap it so you don't leave it uncapped. And if you've got a bottle that's a year old, toss that out. Time for some fall cleaning and just buy yourself a new one. Easy enough. Uh, definitely worth going to the store to buy that solution for sure. Dr. Craig McCabe with us on the air today, and we're already out of time. If you'd like to contact Dr. McCabe, you can simply go to his website, which is McCabeVisionCenter.com. And as always, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. I always enjoyed it. Uh, I was a little under the weather, so thanks for doing this remotely. And I look forward to talking to everybody the second Monday of December. We will have all had our sleep from our trip to fan. I wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And be sure to 
to reunite with your family whenever you can, and these are the best chances coming up in the next month and a half. Absolutely. Dr. Craig McCabe, and thank you for joining us, and that's going to do it for today's show. It is 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.